Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today we're travelling south to uh, winter in Sydney and I've got the beautiful Tamsin Janu with me. Tamsin is a children's author and I'll get her to tell us all about what she writes um, because the way I'm going tonight I might muck it up. Tamsin, welcome and tell us all about yourself. Uh, thank you. Um, I write um, kind of middle grade fiction, junior fiction for kids about um, 8 to 12 years old. And um, so I've written, my first book was Figgy in the World, um, about a little girl um, on a mission in Ghana to find medicine for her sick grandmother. And then the follow-up book to that was um, Figgy and the President. And my newest book is entitled Blossom. And it's about 10-year-old Lottie, um, who one day encounters a mysterious little girl on her doorstep. Yeah, and you've got three figgy books, and they were inspired, I believe, by, were your figgy books, did one of those happen when you were in Ghana? It would, they were kind of inspired by my trip to Ghana. Um, Back in 2009, I um, went to Ghana and stayed there for a bit over three months, and I stayed with a local family and worked at a school in an orphanage, and um, yeah, just kind of got my ideas flowing and that's where yeah that's where the figgy books come from kind of just I use a lot of the places I visited and kind of I was inspired by lots of the kids there um, for the kid characters in my book. Yeah now you're starting to get the idea everyone why I've got Tamsin on the podcast tonight. Uh, Tamsin loves to travel I believe she's been to Cambodia she's got a brother in the Northern Territory and she travels all over the place to literary festivals because Tamsin you're doing very well on the literary circuit I believe I believe you've won a few awards. Yeah yeah I've been very very fortunate Um, (laughs) I um, yeah won the yes uh, last year I won the Adelaide Festival um, Literary Award and the Premier's Award and um, also the New South Wales um, Premier's Award the year before that, um, both for Figgy and the World. So, yeah, it's been really, um, really lovely, particularly for a debut novel, <laughs> to, um, to yeah, be so successful. Um, it's been great. Yeah, and that's what we want to unpack everything, everyone today. We want to talk about what it takes to be a successful children's author. Now, we talk a lot to authors of adult fiction uh, and we talk a lot to non-fiction but very rarely touch on children's fiction. Now, I'm madly trying to finish my third uh, book or middle grade book that I've written with my brother and he's on to me to get it finished. So, Tamsin, you're coming (laughs) on at a very good time to give me a few tips. Now, we all know that anyone can write a kid's book and they can dash it off in an afternoon. Is that correct? Um, No, not really. (laughs) Um, Particularly um, the kind of books I write, um, they're they're for kids, but they're chapter books. So they're about 30,000 words. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, adult books might be 
triple that size. Um, but kids' books take a lot of, I think you can write it quite quickly, but then take a long time in the editing process, I find. Um, things like, you know, making sure the voice is consistent and all that is, is so um, important in kids' books. Yeah, and I'm going to stick my head out here and say that uh, kids are the harshest critics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and very, but very lovely critics. <laughs> when they like something, I think they they like it fiercely, which is lovely. <laughs> and they've taken a liking to Figgy. So, will there be more than three Figgy books? At this stage, I'd say probably not. Um, the third one is not out yet. It comes out in September. Um, that's Figgy Takes the City. Um, but, yeah, after that, I, I'm not sure. I never say never, but, um, yeah, Figgy's getting a bit older. She's she's 12 in the third one. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we have to retire, everybody. Once you get to 12, you can't write middle grade anymore. You've got to go up to teenage and, and you lose your audience, don't you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we might just, you know, put Figgy on the back burner for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Now you're with a traditional publisher? Yes, I am. I'm with Scholastic Omnibus. Okay. Now that's a really exciting um, publisher to talk about, I think. Uh, now Scholastic, back in the olden days, it was a really hard nut to crack. I'm not quite sure what it's like nowadays. Did you just send a query or do you have an agent? Um, no, I don't have an agent. It was actually quite interesting because when I went around um, trying to, you know, query kind of figgy in the world, um, there I sent it to a couple of big publishers that accept only the first chapter or the first couple of chapters. Uh, but Scholastic Omnibus actually accepted just the entire manuscript um, for consideration. Um, I did have to post it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they were the only one I could find that would accept, you know, kind of look at the entire manuscript. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the reasons um, I sent it to them. I'm, I'm not sure if they're open for unsolicited um, submissions anymore, but it was, yeah, really helped me um, get my foot in the door. And um, Dean Blacklock, um, who used to work at Scholastic Omnibus, she kind of saw my manuscript and, and she didn't accept it at first. Um, she kind of sent back an email saying it needed some work, um, which it definitely did. <laughs> I think I was, she said kind of the characters were there, the stories were there, the story was there, but um, it just, lots of kind of more beginner mistakes, you know, um, maybe telling rather than showing um, the voice maybe wasn't so consistent, the pace maybe wasn't fast enough, um, but those tips were really helpful and I went back and kind of, yeah, did a big edit and then send it back, and I was very lucky that they, they chose to take me on. Um, so, yeah, I came very much out of the slush pile. <laughs> yeah, so there's hope um, hope for all of us if, if you want to go the traditional publishing route. Is Blossom with the publisher? Is it with Scholastic as well? Yes, yes, with the same publisher. So all, all of my four books have been with Scholastic Omnibus. Yeah. Now, the exciting thing, as far as I'm aware in schools, they still send out those uh, little brochures and if your book's in those with Scholastic, all the parents buy them madly for their kids. Is that kind of marketing <laughs> still happening? Um, yeah, yeah, they still send out the brochures. Um, I've, I've been very lucky as well with my books. Um, some some schools have taken them on to study um, at schools, which has been quite, you know, really cool for me actually um, that kids are studying um, Figgy in the World in class. 
Yeah. So, now, yeah. there's a reason for that, everyone, and it's got a whole lot to do with the Australian curriculum. Now, Figgy Takes on the World is, as you said, set in Ghana. In part, I don't know if it's all set in Ghana, and I'll get you to tell me in a minute. But we look in the Australian curriculum requires that we we look widely with our reading material. Do you? I notice you've got teachers' notes and teachers' questions up there. Yes, yeah. So Scholastic always um, provides those for teachers, um, which is really great. So all um, all four of my books will have teachers' notes. Yeah. Now, all of us indie publishers are sitting back here and we're all really uh, jealous, Tams, and I can tell you that now <laughs> because marketing is a huge thing nowadays and, and getting your books in front of um, your reader is really, really tough and I would say triply um, tough for children. Now, your books are paperbacks? Yes, they are, yeah. Okay, so you haven't attempted the the ebook route yet? Um, I, they are available as ebooks. Um, so yeah, you can download them on the Kindle, uh, but I think with kids' books, the majority of sales are, um, yeah, paperback books. Yeah, and that seems I'm not quite sure if that's going to change anytime soon. Everybody, even at school, when I make my kids read every day for ten minutes, poor little sufferers that they've you know they've got to put up with these things. Uh, I let them read on their devices, and I let them read on their iPads or their phones if they want to. But I would be the ex- exception rather than the rule. Teachers don't like kids using their devices for obvious reasons, like they have. Um, Oh, is it Flappy Bird? I don't even know what games they play nowadays. <laughs> uh, um, but kids, I think given the opportunity, they would read more on their devices, but I think the schools aren't quite ready for that. What do you think? Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I know kids really like iPads. Um, I was a youth worker for a couple of years in the Northern Territory, um, 2014, 2015, and iPads were a great tool um, just to kind of throw in some educational games. Um, so... Yeah, you, you very well may be right. Yeah, and hopefully that will change. If you do, you hold the rights to your eBooks. Um, no, Scholastic does. Ah, uh, so Scholastic, so you can't go and um, try the indie publishing route with that one. That's that's bad luck. <laughs> but then I've got to tell you, everybody, if you're in with Scholastic, it's a great place to be. Uh, now you have done very well with the three Figgy books. What what are the expectations for Blossom? Um, I'm not sure. It's kind of, um, yeah, uncharted territory, I guess. Um, it's a little bit different. It's, it's set in Australia. Um, so it's set in an outer suburb of Sydney and it's, it's got a bit of mystery and also a little bit of fantasy in there as well. So yeah, we'll see how it's received. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be received well. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting, everybody, if you've got a refugee story or you've got a, a um, story in another country that's a little bit, um, I guess, exotic, um, the schools are really snapping them up. And I guess an Outback Australia book would be quite popular. When you're in the Northern Territory and you're with your brother and you're doing your writing, are you tempted to put a story out, out there? Um, maybe sometime in the future. Um, not at the moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> like certainly the kids up there kind of inspire me with certain characters, um, particularly spending so much time around kids. Like you just pick up little things that they like. But, um, yeah, sometime in the future I think an, an Outback good book would be cool. Yeah, and there's such great settings. I always thought out around Cloncurry and Mount Isa. Some of those places are absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you done any tours? I noticed you've um, 
you've been a guest speaker in schools. Now yeah. they, from what I can see, there's some of the the private schools ha- have picked you up and had you in as a guest speaker. Is that right? Yeah, I've I've mostly done um, kind of guest speaking at schools that have, um, yeah, most of them have studied my books. Um, so that's been really great. Um, yes, a few private schools, a couple of few other schools um so yeah it's been lovely <laughs> yeah now everyone uh i don't know who if you're writing for children it's really really interesting because if you look at the australian society of authors rates for for doing school visits and for for being a writer in residence you get paid very very well to do these gigs the australian society of authors looks after you very very well i'm going up to the sunshine coast next term and i'm doing some work in the schools up there and i in yeah. my naivety i just charged the casual teaching rate and i undercut myself by about three thousand dollars i believe Uh, so no wonder they snapped me up (laughs) Uh, so between your writing your books and publishing for Scholastic and um, winning the literary awards the premiers awards and doing your uh, teacher or your speaking gigs you live you make a living full-time out of being a writer Um, I this is the first year I've um, worked part-time um, so I do three and a half days a week. Um, and yeah, it was kind of interesting going into this cause I've always just worked full time. Um, but it's been nice having that full day to do writing stuff and another half a day as well. Um, so I work as a research assistant, um, at a charity in Sydney. So yeah, so it's, it's going quite well, I think. Um, yeah, I have a law degree, um, but I haven't actually used it yet, <laughs> so we'll see in the future. Um, yeah, legal jobs seem very full on, and I would like a bit of time um, for my writing. <laughs> yeah, and, and seems rather boring as well. I hate to say it, everybody, but the life of a writer is much more exotic than the life of a lawyer, uh, and travelling as you do. Now, you went to Cambodia, so is, is that going to be another setting for a story? It might be, yeah, very potentially. I'm kind of playing around with a few ideas right now because um, I loved it, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. So I've got a few few ideas. <laughs> yeah, and look, the world is a very small place uh, and these kinds of books in schools, everybody, are used. They can, they can be used across, I guess, across subjects we can look at getting and especially our primary school kids to be able to research an area and find out about the kids and Skype in and talk to schools in, in these other countries. The, the way that you're writing and the kinds of books that you're writing, I can see why they would be quite popular. Uh have you got a have you got a um agent now or are you going to just continue to work direct with Scholastic? No, I haven't got an agent um at the moment. Um it's kind of worked quite well for me working directly with Scholastic um so far. Um but who knows in the future. Um yeah, I'm just kind of taking it like one book at a time and, and we'll see what happens. Um yeah. but yeah, I'm pretty happy with where I am at the moment. Yeah, and um, Tamsin sounds very young, everybody. I think I mentioned earlier, but I think we had to start again because I kept getting her name wrong. Uh, (laughs) Tamsin is 27 and has a long writing career ahead of her, which is really, really exciting. Uh, And it's not easy to write for children. They are exacting. And if you think you're going to take the easy route writing for them, I think you're wrong. I think think romance um, readers are a lot more generous than kids when it comes to spotting errors and spotting spotting a false voice. Uh, Now, 
Now, I noticed you did a course with Judith Ridge, writing books for children and young adults. What what kinds of things did you pick up in that? Um, That was great. That was at the Australian Writers' Centre and that was was before I wrote the first Figgy book. Um, So that was just kind of the basics of writing for children, um, you know, about – um, voice, um, the practical things like approaching publishers, um, kind of putting me in touch with, you know, other people who were trying to write children's books too, which is, which is always good because sometimes you feel like you're a bit by yourself. Um, so yeah, um, doing courses I think is, is really good. And just to give you a bit of confidence too, um, you know, I think we kind of wrote samples and read them out sometimes and that that was really good too, just to show that you can do it. <laughs> yeah, and and showing that you can do it, I guess, is you're past that stage now. So what kind of, are you still um, educating yourself? Are you still looking at the writing world? Are you still doing courses? Um, I haven't done a course in a while, but I do try to do them um, when I have the time. Like earlier this year I did a um, screenwriting course. Um, I don't have any immediate plans to do to write a screenplay or anything. Um, I just, you know, I kind of like doing those courses that make you think a little bit differently about your writing. And it was really good for thinking about character and dialogue and all those kind of things. Um, so yeah, and I, I, I read a lot about writing. Um, I, I read a lot of, I try to read as many books as I can, um, particularly kind of around, you know, middle grade, um, what I write. Um, just to yeah continue educating myself and to get better and and see what other people are doing well and how I could improve yeah now character the new book that you have coming out blossom everybody I'm going to buy a copy simply because I love the cover so we'll talk about covers (laughs) in a minute uh knowing your market character you've got this lovely character called Lottie with a little friend called Blossom now, can you tell us a little bit about how Lottie came into being and how Blossom blossomed? <laughs> sure. Um, well, the whole idea, I guess, it was kind of kind of came to me while I was um, living in the Northern Territory um, just because I would, you know, as a youth worker, I'd have kids knocking on my door all the time because I lived in community and, um, and I kind of never knew who would be at the door. Sometimes it was like a group of three-year-olds wanting to say hello. Sometimes it was a teenager wanting me to pump up their football or something. Um, and so the first scene of the book, Lottie, I mean, Blossom walks up to Lottie's front door and kind of, um, you know, is this mysterious um, person at the front door. And so that's what kind of inspired me, just the constant <laughs> door knocks I always had. Um, Lottie's kind of just a a combination of lots of kids I've known. Um, she's um, lived a lot of her life in foster homes, um, but now she's kind of found a semi-permanent place, she hopes, with her uncle Bobby. Um, so she's a really kind of strong, courageous 10-year-old, um, but also obviously finds it sometimes a little bit difficult to trust people um, and to take help when it's offered. And Blossom's just a little mysterious girl who um doesn't talk and can't tell anyone where she is from and so that's kind of Lottie's mission to to find out where she's from (laughs) yeah and these sort of things these themes are universal uh children 
I guess wanting to know their family, their identity, questioning who they are. Uh, kids can relate to these kinds of things in particular. And having having friends your own age and not very many adults in your book, I'm guessing? Um, there are a few. Um, I like to have a couple of you know, strong adult. In my Figgy books, I have, um, Figgy has her grandma, Ama, um, who is just kind of like a superhero figure um, in her eyes, um, you know, who's just a lovely woman who's very strong and very independent. Um, So I like to have a few, you know, adults here and there because I think it's important for kids to see that there are (laughs) good adults out there. Um, Kids can do stuff for themselves, um, but also it's sometimes okay to ask you know, adults for a little bit of a hand. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I notice that kids flock to you. Do you think it's because you're a young writer or do you think it's because they just love those books? Because you're you're young, you're pretty, you're vivacious, you're all those things that even young teachers out there in the schools, the kids love them. But you're you're popular with um, kids in schools and book talks. Um, You like doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I do like doing it. It's it's obviously it's a practice thing. So at first I was, you know, a bit nervous because <laughs> it's quite intimidating going into a room of, you know, a hundred kids or whatever it may be and kind of standing up the front and, you know, the whole hour is just about you. Um, so it was practice. But now, yeah, I feel a lot more kind of confident about doing them now. And, and yeah, it's fun. And I, you know, I like kids. Um, so yeah (laughs) yeah and you never quite know what they're going to ask you do you yeah which is which is sometimes a bit scary but also exciting (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and I think I think that's the thing it's it's that as long as you've got that passion for your writing now there are lots of uh, writers associations around but there's one in particular that specializes in in kids uh, or children's books and they're quite they're quite active. Um, they're an American, is it International Children's Book Club or something? Are, um, you, are you a member of any writers' associations to do with children? Um, not really, no. I, I have gone to a few events, um, like some Scribby events. That's the um, one I'm thinking yeah, of, Scribby. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. So, yeah, those kind of events are, are really good for for writers and just networking, those kind of things. Yeah, I've been a member of Scribby for years and I couldn't remember the name of the silly thing. And they're not, <laughs> it's not cheap to join everybody. And I joined it and I had great intentions to going to it. And there's a really active group here in Brisbane. Um, I think it's Hazel Edwards or someone who, who is quite active here. And I still haven't been to one single event. Now, I would have assumed as a children's author that those kinds of associations would be where you should hang out to get to know fellow authors, but you're not finding that at all. Oh, I, I do. I feel like I kind of, um, when my first book was published, I kind of, um, I was, I kind of went away to Northern Territory for a couple of years. <laughs> um, so I found it kind of difficult to get involved in kind of organisations because there really wasn't much um, where I was. So yeah, I'm increasingly trying to get a bit more involved and yeah. Yeah, and it's always good to mentor, I guess, writers coming along behind you. Are you finding that other writers are going to you now and asking how you do it? Um, Not so much yet. Um, I, you know, I've certainly had kind of more friends or friends of friends kind of ask for a bit of advice um, because they know I've kind of been through it a little bit, um, kind of budding writers. Uh, But 
I still feel like <laughs> I know I have a few books now, but I, I still feel like a bit of a beginner and that I, I really have to have so much more to learn. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I really I like to look to other authors yeah. <laughs> for their advice still. <laughs> now, this is a question that used to always make me fall off my chair laughing. Um, but when are you going to write a real book that's for grown-ups? <laughs> Sorry, had to do it, everyone. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I will. Um, maybe sometime in the future. Um, but at the moment, yeah, all my ideas are, are for kids, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'm. You know, one day I might write a picture book. One day I might write young adult. But I'm. I'm really loving writing for kids at the moment. And I think kind of, I guess the. I started writing for kids it's just I because when I wrote something down it automatically turned into a kid's story so I think maybe I'm just my writing voice is just kind of tailored to that Um, so I think that sometimes happens that you're meant to be writing in a certain a certain category but um no, maybe one day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it's really exciting, isn't it? Because middle grade at one stage didn't even have a name and it got, got people confused trying to categorise it. There was children's books and there was teenage books. And that middle grade, it was only when I, I started writing middle grade that I even discovered there was a term for it. But here in Australia, it's not used or wasn't used that much, but it's becoming more accepted, isn't it? Yeah, to be honest, I'm a bit sometimes a bit confused what to call it because you know some people call it junior fiction, um, other people call it middle grade. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's um it's definitely a category, um, and it's a great category. <laughs> yeah, and in America, it's it's a lot bigger. I guess it's it's known as middle grade over there. And the lines I remember reading something I think in Writer's Digest that it really is that eight to twelve year old, and then you tip over into teenage fiction. I think tween yeah. fiction came into fashion at one stage, but that disappeared again fairly quickly. Thank heavens. <laughs> yeah, I think I think kind of my category. That's we take in the tweens too. I think. <laughs> yeah, and look, kids don't even care. They just see a cover they like and a book that they like, and they pick it up and they read it. Uh, now those covers, did you have any say in them? They're absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I did have a little bit of say, um, mostly in the first one, in Figure in the World. Um, they gave me quite a number of covers um, to look at um, with different styles and different fonts and and I kind of I picked out the the one that um, it ended up being and obviously you know with publishers there's no assurance that they'll go with your pick <laughs> but luckily they did <laughs> and um, and yeah all the other covers have been really lovely as well so I've, I've been yeah very lucky with covers um, I've had kind of the same designer um, for the whole thing who's kind of, um, yeah, it works with Scholastic on them. Yeah, and it's good, isn't it? You don't have to worry about it. You have got You've got no headaches, child. This is all done for you. You're making it sound so easy. Uh, now, writers' festivals or the festivals that you, you obviously get around a few of them, you've won a few awards. Do you organise them yourself or does your publisher organise them for you? Um, so far, um, the festivals I've been, um, they have contacted me directly, the festivals. Um, so it's been through them, um, which is, yeah, which has been great. Um, I've, you know, there was the Adelaide Festival last year. I also went to Tamar Valley um, in Tasmania um, for a festival, which was which was really lovely. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's generally them contacting me 
Yeah, and that's the one I was going to ask you about, having lived in Tassie. You're in the Tamar Valley, which is uh, north of Launceston, everybody, and it's the beautiful foodie territory. It's got um, great wineries and it's got great organic um, foods. It's absolutely magic. And if I was going to go to Tasmania, A, I'd go in March, and B, I'd go to the Tamar Valley. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you were very lucky or very, very honoured with that one, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tasmania and and the literary scene. Surprisingly, it's actually really quite active down there, isn't it? I remember the University at Hobart um, is, or University of Tasmania, I guess it's called, uh, has a very very strong history in literature. Yeah, I, I was. Um, that festival was really great. Like the amount of people that came. Um, it, I think it was over two days, and just so many people came to each event, which was great you know I went and sat in um for the two days I kind of had my day the day before because they brought in school kids um to listen to the children's authors talk um but yeah it was great and it's great just to see the community and the kind of enthusiasm um for literature down there yeah and do you find that attending these events uh really boost your sales or is it just purely being in those scholastic magazines that gets your books out there (laughs) Um, it's, I'm not sure that attending events so much boosts your sales. Um, to be honest, it's, it's really, it's really difficult to tell, um, what works and what doesn't. Um, I kind of just, you know, do my part and, and, um, and hope that kind of people discover the book. I think with the first figure book, I was very lucky to have gotten some awards shortlisting and recognition, which I think really helped um, people to kind of discover the book and 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 read it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, everyone, I'm reading through, I'm skimming through Tamsin's Facebook page as we look. This this beautiful young lady, you've actually had one of your books nominated for the, or on the Stella Prize list. I didn't even know they had a Stella. I didn't even know they had a young writers. I love the Stella Prize. It's usually for um, women writers and it's usually a bit of a feminist thing. And there you are. So your figgy and the goat got onto the Stella Prize list. How did that make you feel? I think it was on – it was like a recommended for young readers for Stella. Um, it was like the Stella Prize recommended for young leaders, readers. So I, I don't think it was an actual prize list, um, but it was lovely. To, <laughs> so I think they send that out to schools or something. Uh, look, I think everybody, if I had my name and the Stella Prize um, side by side, I'd be shouting <laughs> it from the rooftops. You you seem to – I've got a picture of you here with Libby Gleeson. Um, I wanted to talk to you about networking. You there, We have a very strong background in um, children's authors here in Australia. So you would have met some of the, the great writers of children's fictions here? Yeah, I've I've met some some really great people and they've always been very nice and very kind and um yeah, it's it's great just to get out and and see people. Um I'm a bit shy <laughs> sometimes um so you know, sometimes meeting some amazing children's author I I get a bit shy. Um but yeah, it's 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 lovely to meet those people and yeah, they've just been lovely <laughs> yeah and there's they're big names aren't they so they can be a yeah. bit scary your name your name's as big as theirs I reckon and it will be getting bigger because you're only 27 and they're all going to die <laughs> can you cancel I said that everybody <laughs> uh, now we we here on Rider on the Road we're all aspiring authors and, and we want to get to where you are because to be honest you have a 
beautiful pedigree in your writing, I guess, um, resume. You've got awards, all sorts of awards on there already, and this is only book number four coming out. You've been to lots of festivals. It's almost like you could almost say you had it easy, but we all know that that's not the truth. We all know that writing is, is very hard. It takes time. It takes care. So do you want to run through some tips for us on what we need to do to grow up just like you? <laughs> um, I'd say um, firstly to write what you want to write. I think it's important not to be kind of influenced by what you think you should be writing or what they say is selling um, because you know, um, I think the passion for what you're writing comes through. Um, and also to read a lot, um, particularly if you're writing, um, children's fiction, I think it's important to read the current stuff as well. Um, because, you know, even since I was a kid, um, the books kind of change and so it's really good to read. And just by reading other people's things, you learn so much. Is that it? Is that all we've got to do? (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for some more words of wisdom, everybody. uh, Trying to think of more wisdom. (laughs) I love Um, it. I guess one is is don't get dispirited if it it doesn't work out the first time. Um, I think it takes a long time um, to write a book, you know, to – you can bash out a first draft but then, you know, to edit it and get it read by someone else and then for it to come back. And then I always, with every book I write, it seems I get really dispirited um, <laughs> kind of halfway through the process and I just think it's it's terrible and I throw it aside and vow never to pick it up again. Um, but then I always do, you know, a couple of months later. But, but you know, it's a, it's a long process. And so it's, yeah, it's important not to get dispirited by it and to keep going and, you know, if you love it, like I, I really kind of enjoy writing and the whole process, um, yeah, then you'll see it through. Yeah, and that's it. You've got to be in it for the long haul, haven't you? And you've got to you've got to be looking at 10 years down the track and and you've got to be passionate about it or that will show through, especially with kids. Uh, one last question because I'm a sticky beak and then I'll let you go. Um, Tamsin, you've been a great sport um, with my silly questions. Uh, <laughs> what, what I'm interested in is... Do you think you'll ever go back to places like Ghana and like Cambodia and take your books with you and and read with the kids? Um, I'm not sure about that. Um, never say never. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, it just it seems like um, such a wonderful opportunity. Um, and I suppose, like, really seriously, we could. People could Skype in from all over the world. You could Skype into schools all over the world nowadays because um, people love talking to authors uh, and you've got some great pictures up there on your Facebook. So I'm guessing you, you, you can bring the world to you as much as you can get out there in the world. Yeah, it's great what you can do with Skype now. <laughs> yeah, you can get in touch with everyone anywhere yeah and I, I'm as I said everyone to be able to to travel like you have um and come back and share those stories with the rest of us um I guess we can all learn something all right so where can we find you um so I'm on Facebook um if you search Tams and Janu which is <laughs> I'm I think I'm the only one in the world at this point um and also tamsandjanu.com um is my website yeah and everybody 
your kids always have those scholastic brochures in their lunch boxes or shoved in the back of their backpacks drag them out because i'm sure you're going to see blossom uh definitely in the in those um scholastic brochures in the very near future as your books hit the or the new book hits the bookshelves will it be in big w and places like that as well I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, so we'll see. It's always a bit of a surprise who takes it on and who doesn't. Um, so, yeah, I saw it in Dimmix today, which was lovely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll go out and find a copy, everybody, so I can have a read and I can tell you all about it. And it's really bizarre for me as an indie and the other indies that I talk to that your the fate of your books is in the lap of the gods because you don't know where it's going to go and what where it's going to turn up in some ways i guess it's a bit of a, a lottery and a bit of a bit of excitement not knowing what you're going to wake up to each new day yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm i'm just kind of yeah it's quite nice not to be in charge of all that stuff uh, um yeah. i'm just like they can you know they can sell it to the bookstores and um yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, look, see you know, where it goes you know how rampantly indie i am and then hearing that i'm going oh it does sound rather nice doesn't it uh tams and i don't know whether to be jealous of you um just because you're young or just because you're an author and you've got someone doing all that beautiful work for you i love it um look you've been a fantastic sport i'm looking forward to getting my hands on blossom um i'll certainly talk about it further down the track and i've got some little courses that my kids would really like to to read that book uh, and and the other books that you've got on there. So I'll be doing my bit to get it out into the schools that I work at and the kids that I work with because I, th- I think it's got it's got a real interest point. I'm, I'm falling in love with Lottie or ever, uh, Lottie already. Um, so I haven't mucked up your name or podcast, but it's time for me to go to bed now. Um, Tamsin, good luck with it and I hope to have you back on the podcast when you win that stellar prize. <laughs> Thank you very much, Melinda. <laughs> okay. And that's bye from me, bye from Tamson, and bye from my cat who's leaning over the computer looking at us, and it's all from us at Rider on the Road. Mm-hmm.